Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. This episode is sponsored by Polymorph Crafts. Visit polymorphcrafts.com to learn about their high-quality, compact, and affordable tabletop accessories. Distinguished adventurers! Last time on Dungeon Drunks, Karnak knows how to get to the Grove of Ekviarn that they need to deliver Seekin to, and promises to share the directions if the party will help him get into one of the rifts that open up into the Feydark. In the morning, they are successful in finding a rift before the city guard do and manage to kill off the strange creatures that have crawled out of it. Once the path is clear, Karnak hands off a piece of paper with those directions and then heads into the Feydark, leaving the party with what they need to continue their journey. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Crazy. I have gone back to Dragon's Blood, uh, which, if you don't remember, is pomegranate juice and some of the uh, jalapeno moonshine that I got at RTX last year. I've had a flask of this stuff literally for a year because you have to use it sparingly in small little doses, and I'm trying to use the rest of it up before RTX this year. So I have some dragon's blood to enjoy. Carlton, what are you drinking? Funny enough, I have another one of those Diablo sodas. Uh, And this time it's tangerine pomegranate. Hey, (laughs) pomegranate buddies. Pomegranate buddies. So let's hear it. I guess here. Yeah, let's see how it tastes. Oh, you haven't tried it yet. Live tasting. Woo. I've been doing it like now that I don't drink alcohol. I'm just like, I'm just going to do live tastings. Yeah. It's good. And and I like it. Good. I like tangerines. I like pomegranate. It's lightly carbonated. It's delicious. Thumbs up for pomegranate. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Magimuscular. And tonight I am drinking a Cuba Libre. It is uh, cola and rum and a little bit of lime juice. And it is delicious and I love it. And I am out of the one I started with. So I need to go and pour myself another one right after my intro. <laughs> and tonight's shot of fireball to be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to idle champions of the Forgotten Realms. It is the game that gives us awesome loot crates every week to give to our listeners. And if you've gotten awesome stuff, well, this shot is for you playing the game and for the game itself. It's a very widespread shot audience there. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers, idle champions, a game that I I play a lot of, a a lot. Bernie, what are you drinking? I have sangria. Mm. Steven made sangria. Nice. Uh, he actually attempted to make it a couple weeks back, but the bottle of wine that he bought for the sangria, Emilia didn't know it was for sangria. I definitely opened and drank. <laughs> so yeah, I have a red wine sangria homemade by Mr. Steven Dunkelman, and it's very good. Nice. I am in envy of sangria. And finally, Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice, I think a viceroy may have slipped last week, 
before I get into it, actually, I have a brief retraction to make. Uh, my brother-in-law, who is a neurologist, pointed out that uh, the phenomenon I described as Wernicke's aphasia is, in fact, Broca's aphasia. So my what? apologies oh. to the medical community. Um, How dare you? In How order, dare you not doctor it, it, do doctor things? It takes a certain amount of character to be able to admit one's faults. Just like it takes a certain amount of character to sit in the sweltering heat as we record, because the AC does not reach here. It takes, some would say, gumption. That is to say, Gumption Hard Cider, <laughs> a new entry into the That's Cider amazing. Wars. Look at this thing. It looks like Carnival Barker with the uh, the, must- the mustache and the top hat and the megaphone. It is brewed by the Vermont Cider Company. That's amazing. Um, it reminded me of the Spire Ale I had. It was actually right next to the Spire at Rocco's Beverage. Or, no, this wasn't Rocco's. This was actually a Total Wine. I'm still going through my Total Wine collection because I have a ton of like beer and wine left over. And let me tell you, this is such a deceptive thing. If you take sips of it, it tastes amazing, but if you try and gulp it, it loses all flavor. So it's kind of a mystery magic drink that way, and oddly appropriate to D&D. I am also super impressed that you came prepared with that little monologue about gumption, and A-plus, a+ sir, I am I am super happy. If you that want to introduce happy. your drinks better, visit Toastmasters.org. <laughs> If, if you would like to prep for, to be on Dungeon Drunks, no, uh, we, no, we, we would hopefully have more guests on Dungeon Drunks, but we we never prep them with with drinks. We just tell them come and enjoy, and then we surprise them with our drinks, and it's funny. You guys have been surprised with being in the Feywild. The Feywild, it's fun. Yay, Feywild! You and I Yay. have very different opinions of the word fun. Feywild. Yes. It's a wild ride. All of you are super happy to be in the Feywild, I am sure. So fucking thrilled. So, you guys have directions to where you need to go. What would you like to do? Uh, it is moments after right. you fled me, from the fight. Let me bring up the directions here. Let me I suggest, s- I have them up already. Um, okay. I suggest we go north following the road for two days. I think we do too. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here and get get on with this, this yeah. shit show. This horrible... Horrible on, circumstance. Seekin. This is all your and, fault. And as as like Jonathan the Magic Muscular is kind of expounding this, he's expounding it very loudly in directly in Seekin's condition like direction. He's like, Yes, let's go. Continue this awful errand. Seekin nods why? and why? Okay. Well, why you because you I did a favor for you and you said you you owed me one. So that's yeah. why I came to you guys. <laughs> No, we, we, uh, we, John, we did. John kind of smiles and he looks at John and says, he's got you there, friend. <laughs> he's got no, you there. There's no equivalency here. Ah! And I, I sort of look at Seek and I'm like, you know, even if Jonathan's mean to you, I think I'm going to be nice to you. Th- th- thank you, Travancore. I appreciate that. I, I mean, I, I, I thought I was asking my friends to come along on this because, you know, that's that's <laughs> what you who you like to travel with. But, Yay, you know, friends! They, uh, you see, Tra- we did just get out of a fight, so I don't blame him because you know the fights are hard, and you guys did a really cool job. Like that was really cool, and there was lots of stuff going on. I wish I could do all of that stuff, but you know. So if he's gonna be mad after a fight, I don't, I don't blame him. Yeah, it's okay, Segan. We're your friends, and you would help us, and you grew me a tree. Oh, and and I'll grow you more more trees. I'm very good at growing things, and I I could turn into to lots of stuff. Ooh. Nothing that really can fight, though. Sorry. It's okay. Fuck you, Sky! And you see a firebolt head towards straight up. 
Oh my. All right. Um, several people around you are a little startled by this, and one of the Eladrin nearby, Travancore know that one of the Eladrin nearby uh, starts to shout at you in Elvish. Um, basically, what, what he's shouting is, Hey, we got enough shit going on in this town. We don't need you shooting off firebolts. Go on, get get out of here. What are you doing, crazy, I crazy human? I don't understand what he says, I, yeah. but I no. get the context, and yeah. I go back. As I'm walking, I don't stop walking to yell this. I'm like, get a job! Oh, God. We're he going to get startles arrested. for a moment, and then the Elvish, in Elvish, back to you, says... I have a job. It's on my own plane of existence. Go, get out of here. Ah, yeah, I'm walking here. Leave yeah, I'm me walking be. here. Ah. Leo, what do you mean I'm walking? Yeah, we turn. We both turn into New York, New Yorkers. That's my other campaign. I've already got New Yorkers Whoa. there. I'm from, I'm... As you guys head in a northerly direction, as I, as you know, the streets in Mithrendian, they did they do a lot of curving, but you manage to head north. It takes much of the rest of the morning and and a little bit of the afternoon to kind of wind your way out of the city, but you start to see the the huge structures of Mithrendian fade a little bit. The trees become more regular trees. The buildings start to go from being these these giant 12, 13-story structures to five or six to three or, or two, and there's no wall there's no moment or gate that you pass through that's an indicator of the end of the city and the entranceway into the more wild portions of the Feywild. But certainly the, the buildings start to get more sparse and the road starts to turn from a, a really nicely yellowed cobblestone to a little bit more of a, a dirt path. You do notice a little bit of civilization spring up suddenly before you leave, you haven't found like a a market or a, a shop area. It seems like most of the town, the, the places in Mithrendian that have stores, they're just at the bottom of people's houses, scattered all, all over the place without any kind of rhyme or reason. But suddenly at the very edge of the, civiliz- the civilized area of Mithrendian, you come across what looks like an open aired market. The houses are still kind of dotted around you amongst the trees, but suddenly there are stalls lined up along the dirt path with tents over them of bright colors. And you hear people hawking in a variety of languages. This is also the first place in where you've seen a variety of people other than elves or Eladrin, although they're still the dominant race around here. You do see a few humans you think you notice maybe a, a satyr, there's a centaur just down the way, and they're all just hawking random things. Some of it seems more useful than others. And then you do notice that you've got about a good half a mile of this before you reach what looks to be the last few houses before you are in the wilds of the Feywild. Is there Anything here you're interested in, or would you like to just head north and keep going? Well, let's well, see what the market has if we're on our way out. Maybe we can supply up for this long journey. Yeah, if yeah, if you guys are stopping anyway, I think Shadow might want to take a short rest to roll some hit die anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, if you'd like to take a short rest uh, right here, kind of take a look around the market. You can let me know if there's anything in specific you're looking for. You can roll some investigation checks. I would love to know all of those things. Bucks would like to look for a fruit stand that has, like, not like apple or peach-sized fruit, but more like date-sized fruit. 
or grapes or something like that. Basically, a fruit that he could carry. Okay. Uh, have him roll an investigation check as he flies up, kind of up and down the the lane. Okay. Uh, rolled a fifteen. Yeah, he actually notices a a fruit seller. The owner of this fruit stand seems to be a an an older elven man, although it's always hard to tell with elves, but um he's wearing nicer clothing, but he you do see lines on his face. He's standing in front of a cart. He's got his arms crossed and he's kind of got a sour look on his face, but behind him in very nicely stacked baskets, he sees a variety of fruit. Some that he's familiar with. In fact, he does see some grapes, some which he's never seen before. All right. He is going to fly off my shoulder, uh, Jonathan Majmutsu's shoulder, and go into his coin pouch and attempt to grab a silver out of the... Buddy, what are you doing? No, stop. And he tries to palm the silver and fly over to the fruit cellar. Okay. Does he? Uh, I let him. I kind of fuss, but I I mean, I'm not going to, like, stop him from getting a silver for some reason. All right. Then he he does. He grabs the silver. He flies over to the fruit cellar. He lands right near like where the dates are. He drops the silver and on he balances on one talon and with the other points it uh, at dates. And he points and then holds up a two. Uh, The elven man looks over at this owl and then looks at what Bucks is pointing to, looks at the silver and shrugs and nods. He bucks, nods, fly, grabs the two, wings o- wings over to Jonathan the Mad Muscular, boop, boop, and puts two dates into his hand. You have two dates. Thanks, buddy. This makes me feel better. Ah. Shadow rolls his hit die and recovers 23, so he's back up to 51. All right. Thank you. That's what I figured, but, uh... Anything else anybody would like to look for? Anybody hawking weapons? Uh, roll an investigation check. Investigation is a skill of mine. No, it's not. But let's see how I do. An eight. You don't see any weapon sellers. The closest you see is an an ancient elven woman who's nearby, who's talking about, I have magical totems, magic totems and trinkets. Well, obviously I'm heading over to her. She seems like a lovely woman and not a hag at all. Protect yourself with totems and trinkets. Carlton walks on over. As far as you can see, yeah, she just seems to be. Once again, it's it's weird to see an an elven featured woman or man who looks old. They tend to just look, you know, a, a little a, a little weathered. This woman looks ancient white hair pulled back in a tight bun she's seated on a chair in front of a a small stand um she's got in one hand a block of wood and another a small carving knife and as you approach she looks up at you but she doesn't make direct eye contact and you can see that her eyes are completely cataract over she seems to be completely blind and as she still continues to to carve she calls out in your direction totems and trinkets magical protection for the journey ahead uh hello ma'am how are you today i'm still racked by nightmares oh that is most unfortunate uh do you not have any totems to uh, protect against nightmares 
I carve the trinkets to rid myself of the nightmares. And she points up at, at her display. And you can see that there's basically two sides to this display. One side seems to be all palm-sized wooden objects of a variety of sorts. The other side are all a variety of wooden carved beholders. Some of them are tiny. They're the size of the dates that Bucks just delivered. And they grow in size and complexity and in style up until a couple that are basketball size. They they get huge. Oh, and what do these totems and trinkets do, milady? I have several, depending on what you are looking for. The totems are all magical with various effects. The beholders are just fun and rid me of my nightmares. Hmm. And what ones, uh, I'm just browsing. What the, do I see like, like a little sign that says what one each does or is she, uh, willing to just tell me what she has? You see, uh, be- besides the beholders, you see four of these palm-sized wooden objects. One of them seems to be styled like a key. Another looks like a, a a sun, a drawing of a sun with one ray that seems to be much larger than the others. Uh, one of them is an eye, but it's not like the, the beholder's eyes. It, it looks like a a startlingly human eye in three dimensions. So it's it's this round thing. And one of them looks like a carving of a waterfall. Waterfall. You're looking at almost like a painting of a waterfall. And while they're all made out of wood, they're all made out of, of different styles of wood. And, and they none of them are painted, but the wood that has been chosen seems to evoke that color. Even the waterfall seems to almost have a... It's it's pale with like almost a blue or violet hue to it. Hmm. Ma'am, how much for one of each? Of the totems... I will take each a thousand gold or something to trade if you have something to offer. The beholders depends on the size. Hmm. But those are just trinkets. Those don't do anything. Well, if in order to offer something to trade, uh, what, what, what do each of the four do? Ah, which one are you interested in? Let's say the and waterfall. She kind of perks up and... St- she stops. Um, she's been kind of idly continuing to carve something. She's still got kind of this block of wood. As you show interest, she sits up a little bit and she says, Ah, the waterfall. Yes, uh, that is uh, one time a day you can transform into the rushing water and get where normally you would not be able to go. And the sun? Ah, the sun. It is once a day thrust into the ground, you can bring on the rays of the sun in a radius around you. They restore dead and withered foliage and renew the desolate lands with pure sunlight. Oh, that sounds useful. Uh, And what about the eye? Ah, the eye. If you place it somewhere once a day, you can see what is outside of the eye, what it is looking at, no matter where it is on this plane of existence. Hmm. And the last one? The key. Ah, for those who wish to go where they should not, once a day it will open any lock. Once a day, open any lock. That seems pretty useful. Tell you what, I have this 
wonderful little cat made of silver that, should you find yourself in the thralls of death, helps to ward it a little bit. She holds out her hand to you. Let me look. And I'll hand her the silver cat of saving. You put it into her palm. She pats it a little bit and then hands it back and says, I have no use for this. But it is nice, and you should keep it on yourself. Okay. You seem one prone to danger. Well, that's not all I have. I also have this wonderful mask that, if you are so inclined, you can spend some time as a Dionychus. Bernie's going to walk up at this point. She's been observing this. Yeah. Hey, Carlton, what you doing? What you buying? There, she's got cool stuff. And I hand her the mask. She takes the mask. She, Carlton, that's our mask. She feels the, the curves. Uh, it's also a wooden mask, and she starts to laugh, and she says, Ah, a, a child's toy, but very nicely done. And she hands it back. What, is there anything you're particularly interested in for the key? Anything that you've been in the market for? A thousand gold pieces, or something equivalent thereof. Something that interests me. Something that can take away the nightmares, maybe? And and for the first time, her totally blind eyes seem to lock with yours for a moment. And then she kind of continues to stare back into the middle distance. Damn. Mm. I don't uh, know if I have anything that prevents nightmares. Well, I don't know. Jonathan the Mad Muscular kind of hears the end tail end of this. is like, I don't know. That Halpert kind of ends dreams because it kills stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. the only weapon I have that's magical. Travancore's gonna gonna mosey over there too. And as much as I hate this thing, oh, you hate your weapon? It's a it's it goes against my core being. You know, it it sucks life from people. And while I do have to occasionally end a life, I'd rather it be from a place of good and not evil. She holds out her hand and says, "Let me see." And I'll hand her the halberd. And she holds it, and she kind of runs her hand along the, the shaft and says, A fine weapon indeed. Mm -hmm. And hands it back to you and says, That is necrotic in nature. You require something else? Yes. I know where you go. I know what is there. You will find a wooden sword there to your liking. Okay. And then she sits back in her chair again and starts to, to carve. Well, thank you. And I'll hand her, you know what? How much for a small beholder? The small ones are a gold. I'll, I'll hand her a gold. I'm like, it's, it's, it's really good craftsmanship. You've spent some time with me away from your, I would love to buy one. And I'll give her two gold for it. For two gold, she palms it and she says, appreciate. I appreciate it. Take your pick. And she points to basically any of the, the palm-sized or, or around the same size beholders. They're all exquisitely carved. The detail on them is amazing. They're all in different poses. Some of them have more eye stocks than others. Some of them look like deformed beholders, but they've all got maniacal grins. And even the, the tiniest of them, the, the eyes look almost alive, even though they're all just made out of wood. Is there any that has like a friendly smile, like that looks like it's uh, not like maniacal or scheming, just like, hey, happy to be here. Ah, uh, no, they all look 
nasty. Even even the gr- there's not one that's like the loser that all the other beholders don't like. I need and- simple Rick. I want simple Rick of beholders. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! You don't see uh, all of them look evil, but there's there's one of them that. It it doesn't look like a regular beholder. It's it's kind of this oblong shape. It's made out of this very pale wood, and it's only got like four or s- it's got uh six eye stalks, which seems like not nearly enough for a beholder in your your knowledge. And it looks a little more frantic than the others. Yeah, I'll take that one. All right, you have it's it's about. Uh, three or four inches tall. It's it's a three D object. Like you can turn it around, and it's it's not painted or anything. It's just this smooth, pale wood. Cool. I'll put that in the mantle when we go back home. Thank you for your patronage. Safe journey to home. Thank you for assisting me. She just nods at you and goes back to to carving. Ma'am. Yes. Tell me about the nightmares. The nightmares come in waves. They are beholders of evil intent. They hunt. They eat. They feast. They are ever hungry. I carve to release them from my brain. And it helps for a while. When did they start? Oh, about... 10, 12 days ago, not that long, ever since I came from the north and settled here to sell my wares, they began in earnest. Is it a real place in your dreams? It is a real nightmare. It is sometimes here, it is sometimes there, but it is always them. And she points a crooked finger at the beholders. And she says, I used to carve more pleasing creatures, bunnies and deer and centaurs. But now if I am driven to carve, I am driven to carve those. You haven't, I mean, I I think I know the answer to this, but you haven't like seen a beholder, have you? Only in the darkest depths of my fears. But if I am racked by these nightmares, I think others might be. Wow. Hmm. 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 You didn't happen to see this beholder in your dreams anywhere near the Grove of Ecthiarn, did you? I saw it approaching me from all places of my own. I have never been invited to the grove. Okay. Seekin speaks up from the back and he's like, do, do you know where, where the grove is? And she says, I have never been invited. Have you ever been to the place where the colors change and the trees break? No, but that sounds familiar. She just stares off. Travancore wants to incite this, uh, this uh this merchant sure can i make a medicine check to see what bernie knows about what she could do for nightmares like i have a feeling these nightmares aren't like like to me julia the player it seems like they're a psychic function not an actual dream it doesn't seem like the way dreams work 
And it doesn't seem like there's any medical fix for these. But Bernie would know for sure. <laughs> okay. Eight. All right, so uh, Bernie, go ahead and roll a medicine check while you're doing that. Travancore, with your eight, she seems to be honest, although she's really hard to read. What with the, the blank eyes, that's a little unnerving. It's also possible she's holding out for maybe a little more coin. She's given you a lot of information, but you, you don't exactly know. I mean, we already have the basic way to get to the Grove of Ectheon. If, if uh, Karnak's uh, directions are to be believed. So, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Bernie, what'd you get in your medicine check? 19. The dreams, without knowing more about a lot of her personal habits, you're, you can't be certain. But these kind of persistent nightmares, yeah, they, they're not a medical thing. They, they tend to be something else going on. And the fact that she talks about never having actually seen a beholder, you think this, this could be magic. This could be psychic. This could be, this could be something else. I mean, she talked to Carlton like she, she seemed to know things about where you guys were going. So maybe she's reading the future. Maybe she's reading the past. Maybe she's, sensing something it's it's as far as you know unless she's imbibing something you don't know about doesn't seem to be medical bernie's gonna put a gold on the table and buy a beholder okay she nods and points to any of the the smaller beholders there take your pick you got anything in red oh yes and she points unearingly despite her lack of sight to one that's um hanging up uh, it's it's almost out of your reach, but you can still grab it. It seems to be made out of some kind of redwood. Uh, it's got black lines in it from the uh, the grains, and it's it's a tiny little authentic beholder, as, as far as you can tell, with a little maniacal grin on it. But it's it's in a bright red color. Ooh, perfect! Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. May your purchase help alleviate my dreams. That's the goal, actually. I don't think this is medical. I agree. I may be old, but this isn't something that comes with age. Can I ask you a personal question? I might not answer, but sure. Well, answer me like you would anybody with a with a doctorate of medicine. Um, your eyes don't work, but you see okay. I am aware of my surroundings, but I pay attention. There's more to this world than sight. Have you ever tried echolocating? <laughs> I once knew a bat that didn't pay attention and still flew into walls. That's, yeah, that's what I thought. I, I, I kind of pulled Travancore aside, and I'm like, hey, bud. Yeah, man. She seems really, really old. Do your people normally look like that when they're that old? Well, I mean, no. Like, I I know enough, like, well, I'm half-elf, but even half-elves don't age quite that badly. It tends to be more more of a graceful thing, so... For like, what, from what I little I know, is like, yeah, elves are going to be like 500, but they always kind of appear somewhat youthful until the very end. Yeah, this is like, to me, this is like the big gnome-elf difference, right? Gnomes age. We get gnarled and we like it. Humans, like a lot of other races, they get wrinkled and gnarled. And but no, she seems if it wasn't for the ears, 
you would think this was a, a super ancient grandmotherly old human. But the ears are are eladrin pointed. They are giant, large ears, impossible to ignore. As the two of you kind of pull aside and, and chat for a moment, the the shop proprietor looks at you, Jonathan, and says, And you? Do you require any of my trinkets? I'm good, but I do want to ask, did anything else happen when these dreams started? You passed a cave, you walked by a certain patch of forest, you met a stranger, anything like that that coincided with the start of these dreams? A meteor in the sky or something. I came here. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to see what his arcane training might tell him. Um, what are you specifically thinking about? I'm thinking about what I know about beholders and how they can affect the mind of a humanoid. Sure. Go ahead and roll an arcana check. That is not bad. That is a 25. Beholders are not necessarily telepathic creatures. You know that they're incredibly intelligent, very maniacal, egotistical, uh, incredibly powerful, but not necessarily telepathic. So that's a little weird. This doesn't seem like the type of motive a beholder would have. Like, tormenting somebody in their mind seems... Like they're they're cruel, but they're cruel for purpose. They're cruel for reason. They're cruel for an intent. There's method behind the madness and reason behind the cruelty, and this seems unnecessary. Okay, it's weird. It could be like I've heard of of people who have who can read magical magical sendings. Like they'll get a random sending in their tooth, or they'll they'll hear a voice that isn't theirs. In their tooth? I've heard it's weird. It is fucking weird. I've heard but I've heard about this. So their tooth starts. What'd you roll again? You, 20, you rolled a twenty twenty five. I'll I'll say with a twenty-five, even as you're mulling over beholders in general and what you know academically from them, you do know that especially in the Feywild, where things are weird, it wouldn't take the beholder initiating action. For someone else, some powerful enough divinator, psychic, crazy old Feywild lady to sense them. And you can't imagine what that kind of mind-to-mind connection could do, especially if it's unprepared. Beholders are so alien and deviously intelligent that 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 could be not fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, if the nightmares get too much, uh, my friend, maybe you should consider opening your shop elsewhere. Uh, if the nightmares get too much, then I will be considering opening my shop on another plane of existence. May I recommend Feyrude? I would recommend with my god. Who is your god? Ah... Uh, all the Eladrin pray to a god that has forgotten us. But that's okay. Does Bernie know anything about this? Can I do a re- I wanted to do a religion check to see, like, you kind of hit on it, Jonathan. The idea that, like, 
I have like clairvoyance. Well, I have I have several things that let me predict the future through my god. So I wanted to see how much her experience is described in a way of something I might have like experienced. And I'd like to check any kind of like elven folklore for anything I might know about this god. Sure. Give me all the religion checks. So do you want me to do one for, like, just what I know about my own spells for predicting the future and one for what I know about our god? Uh, the god is going to be a religion check. The spells is going to be a... That'll be a slightly different check depending on, on what you're trying to do. Let's start with the religion check. Anyone who wants to, go ahead and religion me up. That is a 13. Travancore did better, though, which is good. 17. Okay. Bernie, you know that the elves have a giant pantheon, and you're not exactly sure which she might be talking about. Uh, Travancore, there's something about the way she's talking about this and the fact that she is a ladrin that makes you think of Corellian. So I basically, I mean, I'll I'll just say ask Corellian and as a question mark and see if it gets any recognition. She nods and says, I will see him soon. I am ancient and perhaps insane maybe that's why i see the beholders maybe they come to me to urge me to die how old is ancient she kind of unearingly once again locks eyes with you for a moment and then her eyes drift off again and she smiles and she says i would have known your great great grandfather And then she looks back at Travancore and says, and I will know your descendants when Corellian decides to send me here again. Yeah, not so sure about the whole descendants piece of it. I-, I might be the end of the line. If that is so, then enjoy the ride. And she smiles this big, like, toothy grin that despite her age, she still seems to have all of her teeth. Hey, hey, Carlton. <laughs> Dead yep. in a century. High five. There's fluoride in the water here. Yes, yeah, we 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 don't live so long. Oh. And I like slowly <laughs> it's a, just It's a really sad high five. Ugh. Yeah, it's like the one of those I guess I'll acknowledge the fact that you and I are going to have an earlier grave than these two. Sure. Uh. As you guys make this high five, she kind of <laughs> turns towards you and she goes, "Age is not a celebration. Look at me. I've gone insane." <laughs> I love this chick. <laughs> I like her. This is exactly what Bernie wants to be like when she's a... Would you consider buying more beholders and easing my pain? I will buy a beholder now. Um, I will take the most weird looking beholder that she's got left. Oh, okay. If you say that to her, she'll point to one that it looks... Almost as though all of the eye stalks, there's only four of them, and it, it's very angular, and it looks, it looks angry. And uh, she points to one, and she, she says, it would be, and then she locks eyes with you, Jonathan, she says, here, my gift, and she just hands it to you. Oh, thank you. How, how fucked up does it look? Uh, oh, it's, it's a. You don't think it's actually a beholder? You you think it might be some kind of beholder-like being? Go ahead and roll a nature check. A nature check? Something so unnatural. Uh, I don't think my nature is as good as my arcana. 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 Uh, I think that is a 19. 
Uh, you think this might be an offshoot of beholders called a specter. You think this Ooh. is the, the four eye stalks kind of on the sides and it's got this weird tongue that's lashing out and it it just looks angry. And you remember hearing about these as like lesser type of beholders that are just as deadly and foul, but they're they're summoned. Usually, ah. uh, beholders are aberrations that seem to appear and disappear. The uh, specters are the kind of thing that, like, when beings try to summon a beholder and fail, this is the thing that shows up, and it's grotesque and ugly and unhappy. So, Jack the Player, as a, as a child, I think I was like nine or ten, went to the Sears Tower, which is now the Willis Tower in Chicago, and uh, parents told me I could get any kind of souvenir I wanted. And I end up getting a VHS tape of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the cartoon, rather than anything related to the Sears Tower. Not <laughs> okay. wanting to let this opportunity to grab a... That is the most Jack thing you've ever said. <laughs> oh my god! Oh so not wanting god. to repeat my mistakes and proving that, you know, I, I've gotten some wisdom in, in the 20 plus years that have passed. Jack's actually going to um, decide he's going to buy a, uh, a little trinket souvenir, like a little little statue as well. Okay. Uh, is there any, they, they come in everything from like grape sized beholders all the way up into something like that's the size of your head. And they seem to be in, in a variety of colors. Is there anything in specific you're looking for? I want the thing that's closest looking to a devil or a fiend. All the beholders have a, uh, even though there's some with like different shapes and some with different, uh, numbers of eye stalks and some of them that look more intelligent than others, all of them are kind of the same creature over and over and over and over again. So there's right. not necessarily one that reminds you of a devil or a fiend, but there are a couple, uh, Bernie got a red one and you can, you can see a couple that are, uh, about, grapefruit sized that are a deep red color like a almost a blood red you're not exactly sure what wood this could be made out because once again none of these are painted they're all just made out of a variety of of hardwoods and huh. th that reminds you a little bit of uh specifically the 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 devil you encountered that same coloration yep need a little something to keep me just a little bit mad so i stay focused so i'll take that one it's three gold. It's a larger one, you understand. I understand. I, I give her three gold. I thank you for easing my suffering. We want to thank Polymorph Crafts for sponsoring this episode. Polymorph Crafts offer stylish and affordable ways to carry everything you need game day and stay organized at the table. Their mimic chest starts life as a compact wood chest that converts into a dice tower and tray, Dice and pen vaults, card stands, a coaster, and plenty of room to carry minis, and more. Over 230 tiny magnets. How do they work? In each mimic chest, make assembly a breeze, and come in three affordable price points with lots of customizable options. So check out polymorphcrafts.com and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at polymorphcrafts. That's polymorphcrafts.com. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. 
I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This code expires on July 1st, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. P-O-T-E-P-U-T-Z-E-N-V-Y-M-A-Z-Y. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Are you sure none of you are interested in the magical items? You seem to be traveling through the dangers of the land. And she points to the 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 totems that were sitting there. Do we there. have that kind of money? Uh, we do, actually. We sold a bunch of uh, flail snail shells. And we never div- divvied up the cash. And Carlton was working on trades when you guys walked on up. She just hadn't accepted anything yet. I'd be interested in the key. Can I still do a check to figure out the the uh, nature of her nightmares as related to my own ability to predict the future? Yeah. What did you want me to do for that? Oh, was it as far as like your spells, like your divination spells? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll because wisdom is your spellcasting yeah. modifier, right? Uh, go ahead and roll me a wisdom check then. Well, shit, that's a seven. <laughs> At almost a one. That- you you think you could uh, try to contact Bay and see what she has to say about it. Jonathan, you want to do something or? Yeah, uh, the, the key. Because Jonathan the Mad Muscular actually does have a spell knock. It's just he's got a bunch of spells that he can't prepare all of. And this would be a nice way to just have one of those handy just just in case yeah the key it's a thousand you said one thousand gold for the time to enchant you understand of course i considering that you were kind enough to give me one of your trinkets just without me even asking really sure and uh and i'm like hey carlton carlton i need my cut i need my cut what i need my cut the gold the flail snail. Uh, okay. Uh, how much was it? Uh, uh, a grand. One, one thousand. Hey, look, I'm in charge of knowing how much health every single one of you fuckers has at any given point in time. Someone else gets to be in charge of the gold. I nominate the guy that's carrying the sack. I nominate the guy who has a high intelligence. You know, it's funny about intelligence. You're actually more intelligent than Travancore, <laughs> based on your score. Travancore, aren't but, you used to uh, it? <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to the new accountant of the Herald. Hey, you can be Travancore, <laughs> accountant of Glenmar. <laughs> and you can be yeah. an actuary. I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. Like that, that's just, a, a, that's just an attack on Jack the Player at this point. I'm also going to let our listeners know, since this is not a thing you can see, Oh, uh, we just nosed ghosed Jack into <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Okay, so uh Jonathan the Magic Muscular is actually he needs the money to to do spells when he when he gets home. 
So he's going to decline on the uh, on the. He's like, I I appreciate your candor and uh, and uh, hopefully hopefully those dreams get a little better. <laughs> I'm going to back away slowly. She was re- reaching for the key totem, and then as you say that, she nods and puts it back, and then goes back to her whittling. I'll buy it. Oh shit! You would like it. She grabs it again and reaches out to hold it to you. Ma'am, I'm incredibly tiny. It is always wonderful to be places where I don't belong. I understand. And she holds it out to you. 1,000 gold. Unless you think you have something else that might be fun for me to have. I reach into my bag, knowing full well that I might fully offend this person, but thinking, I don't think it's going to cancel the deal out. And I, and I reach into our bag of holding and I pull out the skull of Wonder God. <laughs> You hold- this this fellow too was afflicted with madness. <laughs> if nothing else, misery loves company. You hold it out to her, and she unearingly puts her hand palm down onto this skull's forehead, and she blinks a couple of times, and then she laughs, and she says, "Ah, the symphonies he would write." You symphonies? Did you know that skull? And then she lets go of it and gives it back to you, Travancore, and says, Wait, wait! <laughs> I do not need such an object, but for th- that moment, I will give this to you for only 900 gold. And she holds out the key. See? <laughs> this is why you should handle the money! Yep. Uh, Bernie's right. gonna hand over her 900 gold, yeah. All right. She gives you this key, and I'll, I'll put the information in, in the chat specifically of what that is. Uh, but Travancore, yeah, she looks back at you and says, I did not know that one, but ah, uh, he was searching for music in his madness. Hmm. And so what you have is it's a large wooden key made out of strips of different colored wood. It's fairly large. It's it's like the size of your hand. It's kind of like one of those keys that you would give somebody that's like a, a, a joke key or like a, a quote unquote key to the city. Uh, so it obviously won't actually fit into any lock. But assuming at some point Jonathan is going to take 10 minutes and catch identify on it, I'll just save you the trouble and say uh, once a day, if it's held to a mundane lock of any sort, it will open the lock. If the lock is magical, it will open, but you've got to roll a d20. If the roll is a single digit, then it will open the lock, but your totem will break. So uh, she gives that over to you and takes your 900 gold and bows her head to you and says, I hope you enjoy where it takes you. Oh, trust me, I will. One last question. You mentioned you'd never been invited to the Grove of Ichthyorn, but you didn't quite clarify whether or not you'd actually been there. I've never been invited, and so I have never gone. And Seekin behind you speaks up again, and he's nodding, and he's like, yeah, so, uh, Grandpa Ekthiarn, if, you, if you're not invited, I don't think you can go at all. I don't, I don't think it's the kind of thing where you could just stumble on it. I think you have to be invited. Kind of like vampires with, with like, houses. You gotta invite them in. It's, but he's not a vampire. No, no. Like, that's not what I meant. He's not it's a vampire. Okay. It's Good. okay, Seekin. It's, it's okay. We know. Um, I think we should get on the road. Yeah, let's get going. Yep. Yeah. Travancore was about to mention that he once broke into a vampire's house, but remembers he was sworn to secrecy on that story and thinks better of it. <laughs> As you guys... Oh, anything oh, else? I was going to say, uh, mechanically, like, 
Carlton will hold on to all the gold in the bag, but I think at the end of the sessions, we should just divvy up the gold four ways. And then if we're ever short, we'll just ask each other, like, hey, can I borrow some of your... That way we're not trying to, like, all right, one person has all the gold. They're the accountant. I think that would just be easier for our character sheets. Do you agree, everyone? How much gold do you think we had before this? I was down to about 200. Okay, Bernie's going to say she has 300 gold. John- Jonathan the Magic Muscular was down to six gold and... Oh, I'm sorry. Four silver. Thank you, Bucks. I now have two dates. And... I have two dates and a better attitude. All right, I have a butt opal. That's why I have, I have more than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you guys are done with the the lady selling the the wooden objects, you can start to head north. The sun is starting to set. You you think you've maybe got a couple more hours? Time here seems weird. Like the days seem. We can walk under the moonlight. Yeah, the, the days seem longer than than you're used to. Although you've only really been here a total of twenty four hours, so you're unsure. But certainly, this seems to be the edge of civilization. So. Uh, let me know. You seem to know to travel for two days north. Tell me when you'd like to stop or what you want to do. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, how long has it been since we left this morning? Uh, you left pretty much at sunrise looking for the rift. You, It took you a little while to find it. You had the fight. You had to flee from the fight. Now you've been here a little while. So it's like early to mid-afternoon. You're, As I said, it's it's still weird here everything feels like autumn and it feels like the sun might have set last night much sooner than you were used to even even though you came from winter so you're kind of unsure so maybe it's been about like seven hours so far maybe uh if you left eight nine ten eleven twelve one two yeah about seven ish hours it's like three ish in the afternoon i say we go for like another four or five yeah. and we'll make camp we proceed in a grand powerly direction all right I never get tired of doing that. As we as we go this way, Jonathan the Mandemuscular is kind of kind of fall back and be walking next to Seekin. Uh, this seems like a bad idea. Travancore is going to try and keep himself between Jonathan and Seekin. All right, the path is not that wide as you continue into the woods. Uh, no, no, he, I I need to. Travancore, it's fine. It's fine. Did you actually say that Mind to him because off. you'll yes, yes, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Um, uh, Seekin. Uh-huh. I feel like I've been a little unfair to you. As 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 Bernie likes to say, you you haven't been properly socialized. It's not all your fault. And I have put a lot on you on this trip and um I will be better. Okay. Well, I know it was kind of a shock and I I just you guys seem so like with it and and capable and everything that we needn't Ask me anything. I just kind of figured you knew what you were doing. Like I, I, I was surprised when you said you hadn't been to the Feywell because like, you seem to have been everywhere. I appreciate that. That's actually a really great compliment, man. But, um, but yeah, we're we're all just kind of we're all just kind of winging it, you know. We're we're kind of put into a position where things have to be done, and we happen to be the people who choose to do something. So that makes us look away. And we, we try to do our best, but that doesn't always happen. I know I, I fucked up a lot. I fucked up a lot. And it's not fair of me to, to treat you like you uh, fucked us on purpose. You didn't. You didn't mean to do that. So... I am sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. 
I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I wouldn't have made it this far if, if you guys hadn't come. It's the good girls and guys and animals and everything. So, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's, there's no hard, no, no hard feelings. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I thought about fireballing you <laughs> and banishing you. What? Well, if you banish me, uh, then I just go home, and then I have to come right. back. No, but I thought about that too. The thing but, wouldn't um, work, and yeah, uh, no. Grandpa be I'm sorry. You wouldn't be able to get to I'm the. Sorry, gr- I set my mage hand yeah. to break your neck. That would actually wouldn't work anyway. It's not actually that strong. No. Hey, uh, hey jo- Jonathan. Yo. Uh, when you're done with seeking, can you come up to the front of the pack for a minute? Sure. And I say, uh, good talk, buddy. Pat, pat. Oh, hey, here, Bucks, hang out with Seekin for a bit. And Bucks lands on Seekin's shoulder and, like, turns to him and cocks his head. And Seekin looks back at him and is like, do you need to, to apologize for something too, Owl Buddy? Because I don't think you did anything wrong, but uh, if you if it'll make you feel better, I'll listen. Who? Bucks is just kind of like, he's not really complaining about seeking. He's just sort of complaining. He's got a lot of stuff kind of pent up and he, he's and seeking has proved himself a, uh, a capable listener. So he is, uh, he is just like, Oh my God, let me tell you about my day. Yeah. Yeah. And seeking will. Yeah. He is. He may not be good at responding or giving advice, but he is super good at listening, at least at at being attentive, whether he remembers anything or not at something else. But yeah, as as Bucks complains about his day, Jonathan, you can rejoin the the group. Uh, what what's up, big buddy? Uh, did you get a weird vibe from old lady uh, salesperson there? Oh yeah. Now she's seen some shit, or not seen I some take, shit. I take I, I reach in the bag and I go, uh, Carlton's beholder, and I'm like. Can you just make sure that this isn't bad? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> As we're walking along, I'm like, and circle the square and do this. Ooh, and then turn it over, tap it three times, and I cast Identify on it as we're walking. Yep, ten minutes later, it's not magical. Yeah, no, it's fine. All right, just making sure, because like, she was like, Beholders were giving her bad dreams, and she was like really eager to sell these things to us, I, and she's seen some shit. I think this so, is therapy. Yeah. I think this is her dealing with this. But we, like, just I was just like wondering. I like I didn't want to get scolded by Erasic when we go back, like transformed into a beholder, and he's like, "You accepted a a beholder trait without identifying it first. What are you, amateur?" You know, Carlton, that is actually a very excellent point. We have we continue to assume things. <laughs> so, yeah, good, good call, buddy. As you guys continue north. Having this, this this very insightful conversation about the Feywild, it is starting to get dark. I want to pull Jonathan aside for a second. What, what's up, Archer, buddy? So it it seems like ordinarily, if it were just us, the move would be to activate the pocket house. Do you think we have to worry about seeking him being in there, or do you think it's okay to have him in there? I think he'll be fine because he he would underplay it to someone. If someone asked about where we hang out, he'd just say, yeah, I've been to their house and leave out everything that might be important to anyone that would do us harm. That is incredibly astute and and probably accurate. Okay. How do you feel about Pocket House tonight? I think- well, we, Or do you want to save it for when we need it? Bugs. Yeah. Bugs. We don't know what's out here. Oh, yeah. bugs. Yeah. We don't have a way to yeah. secure the entrance. Oh yeah. Well, I'm saying, well, I'm saying we should pocket house because they told us about all the bugs that were bad. Right. 
I think this might be a situation where we pocket house with a watch. And so we just make sure that uh, we we have someone looking out. So if something bad does come through, we are prepared for it. And and obviously we try and hide the entrance as best we can. This place is fucking weird. So I'm sure there's like a rainbow pond that we can put it next to. And someone walks up. It's like, hey, a glowing circle or a rainbow pond. Yeah, the rainbow pond's way more weird. I'm going to mess with that. But also find some bushes. We could also find some bushes. Hide it under a bushel, yes. You know, a bush that we would know. A bush, like, so a premium pooping bush. We find that, and then we put the pocket house entrance there. Where people shit? Uh, No, no, a premium pooping bush is hidden. Oh, oh, okay. Then we can poop in our house. I I smell what you're stepping in, yeah. Most decidedly, she is not picking up what he's putting No, down. she knows better. For those, Okay, so if you are going to look for this premium pooping bush, I would like one of you to roll a investigation check. And if someone wants to help with that, I'll give you advantage on that. So instead of... I will help with the investigation check because I'm Detective Travancore, but my actual investigation bonus is not that great. Okay. Yeah, I'm not good at investigation. Someone well, who grew Jonathan up raised Mosby, by you wolves. You know a lot about pooping bushes. Uh, let me let me let me put my investigation skill to finding the pre- the premium pooping bush. Inspector Jonathan investigates. All right, and that is going to be the to the tune of twenty two. Excellent. Uh, just <laughs> off. I rolled double deuce for finding the premium pooping bush. <laughs> You know oh, what? Wow. I'll dr- it, it, has, it was, it was I'll drink to, to that, and I will say that yet yeah, just as it looks like the sun is about to set, you find what is the most premium of pooping. It's a set of pooping bushes where you find the tiny little path that leads into the middle where there's a nice little tiny clearing that it would be perfect to lay down the pocket house or poop in, and then surrounded by thick, thorny bushes that would dissuade most people from looking into them. Premium push, pooping bush. You're going to put down the pocket house? That was hard to say. Put down Premium the house. pooping bush, put down the pocket house. Well, yeah, so I have the nuts, so I'll put down the pocket house. All right. You activate the pocket house. It flashes into existence the teleportation circle just as you normally would expect it and as you guys are entering you said you were going to set up some watches as you unless there's anything specifically you'd like to do uh besides the watches um let me know or if you're just resting for the rest of the evening uh travancore is going to do something a little fun Fund me yeah I'm, I'm casting speak with animals and i'll talk to our animal menagerie all right uh, you guys get into the pocket house and um, you cast speak with animals. And as like Seekin is brought in by Bucks, you actually hear as he pops into existence inside your pocket dimension and is being led down the, the, the little path towards your house. You can hear the Bucks is prattering on about, oh, yes, and then this is where we all live. And this you're not going to want to tell anybody about this. This is something that is secret with all of us. And Seekin's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. This is this is kind of nice. Where are we? He's, oh, this is its own little uh, separate dimension out in the middle of nowhere. And it's, it's ours, and we, we have a way of activating it. But you don't need to know all the specifics, but that's okay. And they con- he continues to just, like, narrate. <laughs> I love that's it. cool. He he gets he gets specific, not not he yeah. not like he in describing the the dimension, not in like 
I don't know. He sounds he sounds like a Giles. He's totally like explaining where all the plants came from that Carlton planted. He introduces Seekin to the Madrins. He's talking about the double floors and the fact that, you know, we've got a we've got a place. He's like he's talking about, you know, you can go downstairs and play foosball, but it still kind of smells a little bit down there. Like everything Seekin wants to know. And Seekin's just like, oh, all right, all right. Is there anything else, anyone else you'd like to talk to while your speak with animals is up? I, I, I got rid of Hail of Thorns, I never used that spell, and I figured, you know, it's a level one spell, Travancore is a ranger, it might, we have literally a bunch of animals in there, this might be a useful thing to do. I'm gonna call Shadow over real quick. Yes! Hi. Hey, I, I'm sorry I never learned to do this, didn't learn to do this sooner. Um, how are you dealing with everything? Like, this Feywild, us being here, you, you okay? This is fun. This place smells like wild things. I should have known you'd be fine. Are you- are you not fine? I'm alright. Like, the Feywild stuff doesn't bother me. It's just all the stuff waiting for me back home that's, uh, that I gotta think about. So this is almost a vacation for me. Think about them when- when you have to. Right now, it's dinner time. You're much smarter than I am, Shadow. Thank you. I kinda nuzzle him a little bit. And he nuzzles, nuzzles back and he's like, And this is- this is fun, but you didn't need to- to- to do this because- you don't need that to talk to me, because I've never needed that to talk to you, right? I know, I know. That's why I waited as long as I did to do it. But it's not just about you. There, there's Bucks, and there's Coco Snoot, and eventually Blue will get older and he's going to talk to. If this makes it easier and saves Jonathan a spell slot, like in terms of the, the, the mind conference calls... It's something good to do, and it's it's nice to understand you on the level. On, on the level. I, I, I get you. But I want to get them too, and in case we run any other animals too, it's we don't. Not everyone's going to have the bond that we have. So this is really more for other animals than it is for you, bud. But you, I wanted you to be the first person I talked to because because you're shadow. I am, and you're the only one I tell where I poop. <laughs> <laughs> Jack laughs. Travancore laughs. Any multiple personalities I have lingering, they laugh too. And Shadow nuzzles you and then is is uh, quick to smell where you might have, like, some jerky on you or something. Oh. Hey, wait a minute. So, as long as I have you, like, you you met Evelyn before we did, right? Like, you saw her. That's how we know about yes. it. Like, were you able to get anything from her in terms of, like, a vibe of who she was? I mean, I know the interaction was very brief, but, like, she's like, and I know we had to kill her because she was evil, but... She was still family. So anything you could tell me would be helpful, bud. She's not family. Family don't do evil things. You're right. She's just blood. Blood does not a family make. You're not my blood because I mean I know I say that you're a bear, but you're not. You're not really a bear, bear, because that'd be weird. Unless you want to be a bear, but you're not a bear. But you're still my family. Thanks, bud. Maybe I should become a druid like Seekin. That way I could be a bear once in a while. And just don't be a duck. His duck smells bad. <laughs> and I feel like I've gotten everything. Jack the player feels like he's gotten everything out of this exchange he could have. And uh, he lets his happy moment come to a close. Is there anything else you guys would like to do for the evening? Uh, I'll inspect the Modrons before going and putting up my uh, stuff in my room. All right. I'll go ahead and roll an investigation check. That's going to be a... Oh my god, I am not doing good on my intelligence checks today. That is a six. So I've rolled today for intelligence. I've rolled an eight. 
a seven, and a six. Yep, we're we're heading down. If only if only we weren't about to end, I'd get you down into. Oh my gosh, that's the balance. Your natural intelligence score is higher than Travancore's, but Travancore is a much luckier roller. There you go. And this is what it comes down to. <laughs> You've never really inspected these guys before. Travancore is the one that's always kind of done it, but you you're like, I can do this. I can you know do anything. I give these guys orders all the time. You know they look fine. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. That. All right, you guys setting up watches? I thought I heard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I can do first watch if you guys don't mind. Yeah. I, Freddy like, will do the dawn watch. Yeah. I'll take second. Yeah. Jo- Jonathan the Magic Muscular almost never takes the uh, the dead of night watch because even with goggles, it's still problematic. But since we're in the pocket house, he's fine. It does get dark. Like, it, the outside of the house does get dark. Well, Just, I mean, you would it's know this. still. Yeah, well, it's still like. Hmm, maybe we should have it actually gets, lighting. If the door, if the windows are shuttered, it actually gets really dark because there's no stars. Right. There's no moon. Like, it gets pitch outside. Bernie will take a dead of night watch and give the dawn watch to Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Okay, thank you. And Jonathan the Magic Muscular will note to get little lights for our garden. <laughs> little little, little tiki sidewalk lights. track lighting, yeah. <laughs> little little mm-hmm. tiny continual flames. Exactly. Ooh, I'm, uh. I'm writing that shit down. As you write that shit down and you guys set up your watches, we'll stop there. And next time, I'll, I'll just say next time you do awaken, no problems through the night, refreshed and relaxed and ready for your third day in the Feywild. Uh, but let me give you some experience first for for some fun interactions with a vendor who probably was both creepy and fun for Jonathan having a heart to heart with Seekin and and maybe getting over his anger a little bit. We'll we'll see what happens in the next the next day or so. For Bernie being genuinely interested in in trying to and and Carlton actually the two of you being genuinely interested in trying to help this woman and for Travancore, finally chatting with his bear. I'm going to give you guys a total of 4,200 experience to split between the four of you. And next time when we get together, day three in the Feywild. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, That Indian Dude, Michael LaPointe, a.k.a. Vazarus, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.